Hi there, this is Terry, your host of the Animation Industry Podcast. This chat is with Lauren Orham, who is an award-winning animator and director based in Cardiff, South Wales. She runs an animation studio and production company called Pickle Animation, and her short films have been screened at festivals around the world, including her 2019 film Creepy Pasta Salad, which was shortlisted for the 2020 Best Short Animation BAFTA. But mostly of what we're going to chat about in today's chat is how she founded the Cardiff Animation Festival in 2014. We're going to chat about what someone can do to start up their own animation festival in their hometown, how she's learned which films audiences will react to, and how she's still made festival events successful given the current pandemic situation. But before we get into this chat, I have a sponsored message to share with you. This episode is sponsored by my friends at Blue Animation, which is an animation learning platform packed with premium online video courses for aspiring animation filmmakers. They have courses for all major animation programs like Maya, Animate CC, Toon Boom, Blender, TV Paint, and many others, as well as some non-software courses like a storyboarding course, animation foundation course, and even one about making graphic novels, which covers absolutely everything you need to know from start to finish. Their courses are all in video form, so there are no deadlines or application process. You simply just pick a course and you start learning in seconds. They even offer a free ebook titled Making an Animated Short, which covers their entire process step by step of how they made one of their films, from coming up with the idea to storyboarding, animation, and all the way to exporting the film. And you can get that book for free at bloopanimation.com slash animation industry. And you can check out their complete course library at bloopanimation.com slash courses. Now let's jump right into our chat. So hi, Lauren. Thanks for coming on the chat. How are you doing today? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, considering everything. Right. Too- <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm excited to chat, especially about how you created uh, an animation festival over in, you're in Wales, right? Yeah, and uh, and how you've been managing and evolving during this coronavirus pandemic situation, which I think is interesting too, because you've kind of pivoted in an interesting way. But before we talk about all that, I want to hear your journey into the wonderful world of animation. Sure. Uh, so I tried animation for the first time when I was 18. Um, I was doing an art foundation course and uh, my uh, lecturer, I guess, or whatever they call them, was like doing an animation session and he was sat there with like a rostrum camera and like some, a roll of tape and some scissors and he was just like getting the scissors to chase the roll of tape around like under the rostrum and I was watching him do it like this is gonna look terrible when you finish like you're not putting enough effort into this at all and he played it and it was amazing and I was like wow this is absolutely magic. It was like, I knew how animation was made, but it's, it was the first time I'd seen someone do like stop motion. I'd never seen anyone do it with like household objects or anything. So I was just like, this is magic. There must be so many cool things you can do. I'm gonna like study this now. So I, it was just before I was applying to uni and I didn't know what I was gonna do. So I just applied to do. I was anim- gonna ask if you drastically switched up your life at that moment, <laughs> but I guess you didn't have a path and then you decided this was your path. I guess. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It wasn't like, but from the blue, okay, I've decided animation's going to be my whole life. It was more just like, what am I going to do? I don't know. Like, you know, yeah, I think some people really know what they're going to do when they're like 18 and some people really don't. So, I, yeah, I knew I wanted to go to uni and do some sort of creative course, but I didn't know what. So I picked animation. So how did, how did things progress from there? You saw some scissors chasing some tape and then suddenly you have your own animation studio. You're running an animation festival. Obviously, there's some stuff in between. Tell me about 
how you actually made some of these things happen. <laughs> Um, so I, I went to, at the time it was the University of Wales, Newport, um, and I went to, they had a campus in Killian, which is like a tiny Welsh village. Um, so I guess like it was a weird student experience. I was like living in a village um, in halls of residence. Uh, and it was a really good course and, and we kind of learned all different kinds of animation. Um, there were people on the course who were like really cool and weird and interesting and then there, but there were a lot of people on the course who were like I've always loved Disney and I've always wanted to work in cartoons which wasn't really my kind of route into it so I, I don't know it was kind of a mix um, but yeah like loved learning everything uh, and then made a film in my last year of uni um, which was fine it was just an okay film but I but I submitted it to some animation festivals because I wanted to get the experience of doing that um, and it got into a few and one of the ones it got into was Animatico in Slovenia so I was like this is such a good excuse to go to Slovenia like I'd have never like put a pin in a map and been like I'm gonna go to Ljubljana so I, w I went there and just absolutely fell in love with Animatica the animation festival there it was so good like their programs were amazing I saw um Oh Willie for the first time there I don't know if you know that short but it's one of my absolute like all-time favorites it's like felt characters being really weird and it's about a nudist colony and stuff and it was just like yeah. so is that the one where there's like this giant at the end, this giant yeah. felt dude, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, it is amazing, I think everybody should watch it. It's so good, have you seen their new one? It's like a feature, I think, officially. Oh really, um, no way. No, I haven't, I'm gonna have to go look it up. This Magnificent Cake, it's called. Magnificent Cake, okay. Oh, I, yes, I have, I saw when they were in production, so is it out now? It's, uh, is it out? I think you can watch it on Vimeo On Demand, but I might be wrong. Okay, I will check that out because uh, their work is phenomenal. So yeah, yeah okay, so you, you're in Slovenia and you're like, wow, I love animation festivals. I made a sh short film. Uh, how did you actually turn this into a professional career for yourself after just kind of sitting in a theater and being amazed? <laughs> Yeah, well, I actually, so at that festival, I was, they made all the, well, didn't make, they invited all the filmmakers to do um, Q&As, like breakfast Q&As, which is an idea we eventually stole for the Cardiff Festival because I thought it was really cool. Um, so I was doing one of these Q&As in the morning and everyone was like hung over having some coffee and croissants and stuff. And, um, and the festival director was chatting to me. He was like, so where are you from? And I said Cardiff and he was like, oh, you must know Joanna Quinn, who was sat like over to the side, who as obviously I think a lot of your listeners will know, like quite a famous animator um, from Card based in Cardiff. And I was like, I actually don't. And he was like, oh, you must meet. So it was uh, like straight after the q and I, I like, went and sat next to Joanna. I was like, hi. <laughs> um, and we got chatting. Um, and then I would kind of bump into her at stuff and then I ended up working with her a bit. And anyway, I was sort of saying to her like how much I would love Animatica and some of the other festivals that I've been to. And I was like, Cardiff really needs one of these. And she was like, yes, Cardiff does. Um, so we would always talk about that. And she would, she like introduced me to a few people who she thought could help with that. Like um, 
John Rennie, who runs Cloth Cut Animation, was like thinking the same thing, like Cardiff really needs a festival to kind of boost the animation community because it's all very well like having studios there and stuff, but you need a community around animation as well to kind of make animators feel properly welcome. So that was his kind of motivation. So does Cardiff have a lot of animators and studios within it? Yeah, well, Cloth Cut's really big. Uh, well, I say really big, like it's the biggest studio in Wales. It's got uh, it's a kind of like a hundred-ish people, depending how many projects they've got on and stuff. Um, and then there's quite a lot of like micro businesses. So Joanna, Joanna's studio is there, it's called Beryl Productions. Um, she scales up and down too, but her outfit's kind of a bit smaller. Um, and then, yeah, there's various other kind of like micro businesses there. And there's a lot of students who go there as well for animation because there's, there's three good animation courses in Cardiff. So there's quite a lot of, yeah, like students coming in and out to learn animation. Nice. So you already have a community of like animators. You met Joanna and you met some other people and you're like, let's hold a festival. And so, <laughs> yeah, well, I was just talking to those people. I was like, let's do a festival. We call, but obviously like knew you can't go straight into doing festivals. So I started this event called Cardiff Animation Nights, which is like a bi-monthly screening of like an hour of short films each time because um, I thought it would be kind of manageable. It, actually, it didn't start with short films. I started by showing um, Jan Spankmeyer's Surviving Life, I think the film's called. It's a feature that he made, but straight away I was like, no, there's no point showing features of this. It should be shorts because the thing that made me want to do this was seeing programmes of shorts. So, yeah, for the second one, programmed about an hour of shorts and had a little break in the middle, and the format stayed exactly the same ever since that. I was 2014. <laughs> So let's let's talk about how you actually got an animation festival up and running. Like, what was what was the biggest challenge to kind of overcome? Because it sounds like Cardiff was already kind of a hub for animators. Maybe it was a little like, was it was it easy to run this and just get the word out and everybody's like, oh hey, new animation festival. It's ten. Like, what was the biggest challenge you had? I think all together. If we'd started it, if we'd just started with a festival, I think it would have been quite hard. But because we started with that little event. Um, that when we when we first started Cardiff Animation Nights, there were like twenty odd people who came to it, and now like two hundred people come. Um, so it's there's like a community built up around that, I think, or like people know about us now, and 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 people have given us a try who maybe wouldn't have like straight away because their friends have been and they're like, there comes this thing. Um, so I think like growing an audience over time really helped us to run it. Um, yeah, but then there's loads of other challenges. What is the most challenging thing I've done in my life running? running. Yeah. Well, what, what is your vision for this festival? Like you said at the start, 20 people and now 200 people. Like, do you see this as like the next cans or is this kind of like a homegrown Cardiff thing that you're just going to keep running no matter what? Like, what is that grand vision? I wouldn't want it to be cat. I, I, I really like this quite, it's, it's its own thing. And I'd, I know people who run festivals who are like, if it gets too big, I'm going to have to stop doing it because it's going to be too different from what it started off being. So, yeah, I don't know. Our, our thing with it, like part of the reason it was so challenging was that we had a vision for it at the start, which was like four full days of absolutely loads of stuff and everything's going to be like 
super high quality and it's going to be the sort of thing that you'd travel for from outside Wales and stuff like this and then we were like well no one's going to give us the budget to run that though at the start like we've never done anything like this before but we just sort of like chatted about it and we're like well we can probably raise enough money to to kind of pay for the stuff you have to pay for and then we can just make it happen by just putting a ridiculous amount of time into it for free so that so that was how we, we managed to like hit our vision pretty much straight away just by being absolute nutcases and just like really going for it <laughs> you're saying you're saying we a lot who is it you and some like who else is involved in this festival putting it together yeah. There's tons of it, like to the point where I'm going to forget someone and then feel horrendous about it. So there's me, uh, Chris Wright was the first person who kind of came on board and was like, do you need any help with that, with, with the animation nights? But then obviously he, like everyone who helps with the animation nights is like an integral part of the festival as well. Um, and Ellis Donovan, um, those two are a couple. Um, who asked? Chris James, um, who's a cinematographer. Um, but obviously loves animation as well. Tello Gwyn, who's a translator and a designer, um, but an animation fan too. Nia Alavesos, I never know how to say her last name. Um, she's quite new. She's, she came over to Wales from LA um, and joined the team uh, to kind of get to know people, which is really cool. Laura Tofferides, who's a stop motion animator. Josh Flynn, who's a model maker. Um, Sarah Al, who studies animation. And Laura Jones, who studies animation too. That's 10 of us, that must be everyone. I'm gonna have to write oh, to wow. you. Wow, well, maybe maybe there's a couple more that you missed, but that's that's fine, <laughs> I'm sure they, they'll understand. But so it's 10 people, that's kind of insane. And, and where do you run this? Is it out of a local theater? Is it out of like a community center, your house, a bar? Like and then I run an animation company too so we've been running um, stuff out of that office a bit and um, because we've got some yeah I wanted, to, I wanted to ask is like this your full-time thing or do you like you run an animation studio as well so mm -hmm. how I have a bunch of questions around that maybe maybe uh, the first one that comes to mind is like how has the festival helped your professional career in like I don't know, networking, connections, getting work, stuff like that. Has it has it been a, a big help for you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I think the way that I have seen it help me the most is that the other animation companies in Cardiff, and that, like, now I have really good links with them. So it's rather than kind of, if I'd set up an animation studio and didn't know anybody, uh, I'd, I guess I would, like, see them as competitors and stuff. But instead, like... I have this complete mindset of like we're collaborators and I've worked with most of them in some way or another like either worked for them on a project they're doing or like done a collab as two different studios or like hired them to work on one of our projects and stuff so it's much more of like a kind of I guess a community where we can where we all help each other out which is much more kind of suits me than being like no I'm going to be the biggest animation studio in <laughs> Do I, like I like it um, so can you, I want to dig into a little bit how you started the studio, because you started that pretty much out of university, I guess, right? Can you, yeah, I started can you share that story? Because I think it's pretty intertwined with uh, the festival as well. Yeah, I guess it, I, I started freelancing straight out of uni, so I guess that was like, it's, a, it's kind of an extension of that, that's running my own business, I guess, but I, yeah, I was just like super 
stubborn I guess and I was like I just would rather work for myself than for a studio with that there wasn't a huge amount of kind of chat about what the animation world would be like during uni so I think like as I was leaving I was like I would really like to start my own studio like Joanna Quinn and my lecturer was like well but you know Joanna had like an amazing film <laughs> she, was, she was kind of nagging me she wasn't but it, it was exactly what I needed because I was like well I'm gonna show you I'm gonna start my own studio but it took me ages so yeah initially I was I was freelancing doing like really random projects but I was running the projects and that was the thing that really like I don't know, I was, I was into it because I kind of had control over much more of it than I would have if I was than if I was working for a studio. Obviously, like, you have the client, what the client wants and stuff, but you can kind of work with that and be like, okay, here's my kind of creative solution to that. And I don't know, it just suited me. Yeah, but how do you go from freelance to having a studio and having people work for you? Like, that's, like it, it seems like, oh, yeah, I'm already getting clients, so I'll just hire some people. But obviously, that's a huge step. So what, what was the moment that you were like, I'm going to pursue this as a much bigger thing? And how did you make that happen? Um, so, well, so I guess, like, I probably thought it would be nice to run a studio because I wanted to have a team around me, but it was scary. Um, and I had a friend who was in a similar kind of situation and a similar line of thinking. Um, and the two of us just kind of had this chat. Like, I think it started with her with a tweet um, and the, like a tweet that she tweeted. And I was I like tweeted her back or something being like, oh, let's do it <laughs> as a kind of joke. And she was like, oh, really? And I messaged me about it. Um, and I, I don't know. Yeah, eventually we were just like, OK, let's do it. Oh, my God. Um, and we were already working together on a film that I was making, um, which I just finished like a year ago. Uh, so, yeah, we already knew that we worked well together and stuff. And she helped on the on the festival and the animation nights too. So we'd known each other loads and we'd done loads of stuff together. So we kind of knew that we would get on it, like in that way. And yeah, we were, yeah, came together. So and, then how is owning a studio much different, like other than just working with new people? How is that different than just freelancing before? It's, I don't know really, like it's, it's a psychological thing more than anything else for me. Um, I'm sure there are some clients where like they have to work with a limited company rather than a sole trader, but I, I don't really know how much of it's that and how much of it's just like, yeah, mindset that it, that you're saying like, this is our rates rather than this is how much I'm worth as an individual. I kind of- Does that more... mean you charge more for our rates versus my personal? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I like our costs are more, so you have to, but then also it's much easier to say that, or I find it much easier to say that rather than like being like, no, I'm not gonna do it for less than this because I think I'm worth more or whatever. I don't know. It's just a struggle. Um, I don't. I don't know. It's inter- I, I find that too. It's like when you're when you're personally tied to something like that. It's almost like you're worried. Like, am I charging too much? Do they, do they value my time or whatever? But when you're a company, you're like, well, if you want this done, it's going to cost you this. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. There's just there's just power in it. I think, and it and in kind of working together and stuff is so so what is your life missing now because it sounds like you're just kind of like in a cycle of like animation studio making short films running a festival showing short films animating like <laughs> you're, yeah. you're like completely in a, a whole bubble of animation like i don't know what else there is <laughs> so 
what what are like what is what is next for you i guess um some free time away from animation i don't know <laughs> no i don't know i i i think like both not so much actually not so much pickle the animation studio but but the animation festival's really built on like us just chucking in so much time um or like whether or not we're getting paid and it's and that's really tough um like initially in the first year it was kind of like well this is fun like let's see what we can do but you can't it's not sustainable so it's kind of like building a business model and building a reputation where people will back it um getting the team together like for the first time this year we've got a fundraiser so it's not just me doing it all by myself because when i first started i was having to have like sponsorship negotiations with companies and stuff and i was like i literally have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> oh, like i'd never done anything like it before and so and some of the first ones were like car crashes i was awful but i just kind of learned as i went along and and as much as like i'm really glad i learned those skills it's such a relief to have somebody else doing that with us now and kind of taking that stuff off me because it means I can kind of concentrate on actually running it and stuff um, and yeah like we managed to double our budget from the first year because Laura um, Laura Wellsman who was helping fundraise like yeah helped us loads with that um, so yeah I think we're on a, like a trajectory where it can become a sustainable thing um, but at the moment yeah it takes like tons and tons of our time and, and you have to be in a position to be able to give that time yeah, I think I think that's incredible. Um, you said one thing where at the start it was really fun, and then it kind of turns into you didn't say work, but in my mind I was thinking um, like I'm a student right now, and the animation industry seems like amazing. Does it become like a nine to five office work job after a while for you? Because you're like studio running a studio, running an animation festival, like you're doing everything. How does that feel day to day? It's it's weird, like from quite early on because I guess it's your hobby initially and then as soon as you start working in it yeah it does but it becomes your job and it becomes like just stuff like creeps in that means that it is work but then it is still your hobby as well I don't it's a really weird like boundary blurring thing and now like the thing I struggle with is I can't really animate to relax because it's my day job. So I think if I was like working in a cafe or something, I'd I'd find a lot of kind of relaxation in animation, but I'm not really there because it's because I'm doing it all day. So that's that's the kind of downside of doing it for a job is like yeah, it does it does become your job, but it's still so fun. It's just like you I think the first time you do something, you're like, "Well, I don't mind that I'm not getting paid that much because it's okay because this is such a fun new challenge and then the second time you're doing it you're like okay like this is getting silly now like we have, <laughs> we have to be we have to get to a place where it's going to be able to sustain us and we don't have to kind of sacrifice so much to make it happen yeah i have a few questions about the festival itself but you mentioned something a little earlier that i was going to ask anyways but what does it take what do you what do you need to sacrifice to run something like this like you said you need a lot of time yeah and like we're all in a position to be able to give that time. So that's kind of exclusive really, which is what I don't like about it. Like I'd, I would really like to be able to literally like anyone who would be an asset to the team, I'd like to be able to bring them on board. And when you can't, like when, 
at the very early stages of each year or whatever you have still like no budget and stuff you can't ask like everyone to come and like help out for free like not everyone can do that so that's the that's the thing for me that's rubbish about not having bigger budgets and stuff is like i want to be able to support people around us who want to get into animation exhibition and not like lean on them and be like donate loads of time and and things like like so far none of us on the team are parents uh other than adam bailey who helps loads but he works at cloth cut and then like uses his like cloth cut lunch hour to help out with stuff and then like still manages to kind of help with stuff around having kids i don't know how he does it but like it's not it's not very parent friendly kind of thing to work in and like we're all getting to the sort of age where people might start becoming parents at some point and it's i don't know like yeah it needs kind of galvanizing for the future not just the future of like what's everything gonna look like after everything's going on right now but also like the future of what's what all the team's kind of lives gonna look like so in order to start an animation festival you're thinking of doing it yourself you have to have loads of time uh, what other like do you need a lot of personal investment money to to start up something like this or are you relying on the goodwill of a lot of your connections <laughs> yeah we are yeah none of us kind of personally put money into it but um but we had kind of sponsors so early on like cloth cat supported us from the start and we had some like really good people who came on board kind of early on and like gave us a little bit of money but we didn't really need any money we mainly managed to kind of get stuff for free so when we first started running the animation night like the, all the venues that we've ever kind of run that in let us kind of have the venue space for free and stuff because we bring in those people i guess um although like the first one that I ever took upon on us didn't know that we were going to and we didn't bring in tons of people the first time it's like 20 odd people but they were just like kind um, so yeah, it's it's kind of persuading people to get on board and come along for the ride with you and and like yeah, give what they can give, whether that's free space or bits of time or whatever they can. Nice. Um, I'm, maybe we can talk a little bit about the festival and then how it's kind of changed during this pandemic situation because I think every festival in the world is kind of dealing with this right now. So I'm sure you're talking with other festivals or whatnot but first i want to know how do you get animators out to see animation like how do you know what you pick is going to get people in seats to see it like is there something is, is there a strategy of how you pick films Show? that's a really interesting question well i think like our different events have taken on their own personalities so cardiff animation is i think used to be much more broad so we would always show like some comedy stuff and then some like really weird dark stuff and whatever and like we've kind of um got to know our audience along the way uh, and now tend to program a lot of animated comedy also like that's my favorite genre of comedy of animation um is animated comedy so it's it kind of suits my programming tastes as well um yeah but we try and and give it a mix so there's some people who like really love abstract animation and then there's some people who are like what because it's not just animators who come it's it's kind of it's like a third split between animators animation students and then just like fans of animation or just people who are giving it a try um which is quite nice really 
Yeah. Nice. So what have you learned not to include? Like what is something you're, you showed it and you're like, oh, let's not show something like that again <laughs> without naming the film, I guess. But is, do you have, is there something like that on your checklist? Um, that, so there's some people on the team who really love like, I want to say like Annecy-ish films. So like I find Annecy to program a lot of stuff that's like weirdly sexual which is fine in some contexts and it's fine I'd say more fine at the festival but at the animation nights I don't know like we kind of steered away from that partly because um it's not that inclusive I don't think like depending on your religion and stuff like we've, we've sort of thought about it more and about being inclusive to like kind of Muslim audiences for example who don't necessarily like want to watch animated sex so we've kind of made it a bit cleaner um which I think is probably good for everyone to be fair and like my in-laws come and stuff so it makes me feel more comfortable as well. they're like you picked this film you so <laughs> definitely sat through some like weirdly sexual films and now in the audience have been like oh my god <laughs> that's funny um so you mentioned animation nights versus the festival what mm. is the big difference between those two? uh i think we're more adventurous with our programming of the festival so it's so i think like people come to the festival and they're more prepared to like give a bunch of stuff a try um so the festival's um, in person where you pay for a ticket and the, and the nights is online and it's free? The nights used to be in a bar. So they were in, it's called Kong's in Cardiff. There's one in Bristol too. It's like a video game themed bar. Um, but great back room. The only problem with it is it's not wheelchair accessible. It really winds me up. But other than that, it's like a great space. We're still like looking for a space that's as good as that, but can but is accessible. Cardiff's not great for like venues and stuff being accessible. It's quite rubbish, especially in the city centre. Um, so yeah, we struggle with stuff like that. But but um, other than that, like, it's a really good space. You can fit, I guess, like 280 people in there. So we've not topped it out yet. Um, but that's the aim at some point. Um, yeah, and it's and it's got like three screens. So wherever you are in the space, like if someone stood in your way, you can just move and watch the other screen or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's normally there and it's normally free. It is always free. Um, but at the moment we're doing it online. Right. Okay. So let's chat about that. How's, how, what was your biggest fear, I guess, once you got the notice from the government that there's a lockdown situation and you had a festival coming up, like what, what was going through your mind? It was absolutely, it was, it was horrendous, a horrendous month, I guess. So, well, I can't even remember now, like the timeline of it. The festival was going to be the 2nd to the 5th of April and like, in February, everyone was like, so coronavirus, like, do you think it's going to be bad? <laughs> and loads of people I was talking to were like, it'll be fine. I just think it will be fine. And then other people I was talking to, I was like, maybe we should be doing like contingency plans and stuff. And they were like, yeah, you should. <laughs> um, it was really weird, like talking to different people, like the mixed views on it. Some people were like, it's going to be absolutely like unbelievable like predicting what it actually has been like and some people were like surely it's not going to be like that bad and stuff so it's it's well, been turns out <laughs> so what was the point that you decided to uh host it online like do these online festivals instead when we were when we were kind of doing contingency plans for it various people were like 
can't you just just take the whole festival online if you can't do it in person? And I was getting really annoyed with, I was like, oh yeah, that's going to be really easy. We can just press the button and then it's all on the internet. Yeah, that's going to be great. It's not going to be like a horrendous, like nightmare trying to get permissions from everybody, trying to record everything within the space of like two weeks. I think if we'd had a bigger team, we might have been able to pull off like a four day online festival across those dates i've definitely like i've been to the seminars with festivals who who did that with like no notice cph docs did it this year um with it i think they had like six days or seven days notice but they've got a team of 100 so they kind of pull all their short film programs online um, I think they did all the special events and stuff online too. I think there was some stuff they missed out. And I, I think they may not have done networking and stuff, but they they did absolutely loads. Um, to Like, I was sat there listening to it like, this is like an anxiety dream that I was actually having at the time. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a lot to be trying to... It felt like trying to plan five different festivals at once. And then... On top of that, everyone was like, why don't you do this completely new thing that you have no idea how to do and just learn how to do it at the same time as trying to plan this festival that may still happen in real life? And I was just like, what? But then as after we had to postpone it and we and we released a statement like, we're just going to postpone it. Um, and then after that, we were like, oh, we could probably do some stuff. <laughs> And it and kind of started small with it, which we needed to do really because it was a real like journey for the team. It was really rough. So so what ended up happening? What did you decide to do with the small stuff? Uh, so we. I'm I'm talking like I don't really know, but I do know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I guess like people listen don't know. So. Yeah. I'm the, I'm speaking on behalf of the guests right now. <laughs> Okay, so we were always going to run um, this um, this Annie Jam competition called Quick Draw um, with a sprinting guy called Tim Hawkins who partners up with us to run it. Um, and it was going to be the a couple of weeks before the festival, across the weekend, Friday to Sunday, 48-hour animated filmmaking competition. Um, and it was always going to be remote because we didn't have a space to do it. So we were like, well, people can just take part wherever they are. And people had already been signing up before we postponed the festival. But we were like, well, obviously we'll keep doing that. Um, so the, I think like we ran it in 2018 and there were like seven or eight teams that signed up. And I think six films got made, which was really cool to have like six new films that got made through this thing. Um, and this time 75 teams signed up and, the, and like 30 films ended up getting made. So it was re- I think it was like... We had like a Slack chat where everybody could kind of chat to each other, all the different teams and stuff, and they were like sharing work work in progress and showing each other their workspaces and stuff. And people in there were like, I'm so glad I've got this this weekend, because it was at that time when things were really like changing every day. It was such an anxious time, and I think a lot of people really found that to be a good thing to have a distraction from it. And And the festival team were all so like broken from the experience of having had to postpone it because it's not something we would have ever thought we would have to do and stuff and it was such a difficult process making decision and then for a while we knew like we're probably going to have to do this but we're going to have to wait for the right time to say it and all of this and it was just really draining so then being part of that quick draw slack chat and people being like I'm so glad you're doing this kind of like buoyed me back up and I was like oh 
I look, I'm really glad we're doing stuff. So that's yeah. how it's. Is there a place I can watch all these 30 films? Uh-huh, they're on the website, I think. Yeah, I will include that link at the end. Um, what else What else have you done? Because I know you've done kind of online animation film screenings. Tell me about that experience. And also, was it easier to get people out to an online screening? I guess maybe now, because of the pandemic, everybody's like wanting content. But mm-hmm. uh, tell me about that experience. Yeah, for sure. So like, obviously, it ended up being way easier to get people to take part in the animation competition. Um, And then we screened those films. And yeah, like, I think like 700 people watched them, which was really cool because we can't normally get that many people in a room. Um, And people were watching from all around the world, which is... How did you get the word out about that? Did you have like an email list? Did you just spread the word for your friends? various ways like everyone who took part I think spread the word about it and then we like Alice who does our marketing is amazing so she was like getting stuff out on social media and stuff and Tim who helped run the competition was kind of sharing stuff too um but yeah I think when like the buy-in is a lot lower when people are attending stuff online which is good and bad so if it's the sort of thing where you have to book a ticket you get a lot more no shows with online stuff because people will be like oh i was supposed to go to this thing but now i'm in this meeting or whatever like people don't plan their day so much or like their plans aren't so rigid um obviously like you don't have to go anywhere to go to something. So I'm finding it really cool that I can attend, like I wouldn't have been able to attend that seminar with CPH Docs because it would have been some random theatre in London or something. And I'd have been like, can I spend a day yeah. traveling from London for this thing? It does sound really interesting, but probably not. Whereas now like you can go to whatever you want in, in a lot of ways, whatever people can make happen anyway. I think that's really cool. Once the situation is over, how do, how are you going to change or evolve cardiff festival now that you have this all this online experience too yeah i think i think we don't really know yet i think like the next one we run is going to be super weird for us because we're gonna have there'll probably still be some stuff we have to get around kind of lockdown wise like i don't think it'll be full on lockdown in the uk anymore by the time we're running it again but i think there'll be some social distancing still in place which i really struggle with because cardiff's all about bringing people together it's always my thing is like let's bring people together around animation and my whole like aim for it has always been like let's make a really inclusive festival space and let's make everyone just feel really comfortable and welcome and sociable even if they're not naturally that sociable let's find like ways to help them be sociable so like we do drink and draw quite a lot so you've got something to do with your hands and you're doing some drawing and it makes oh, i love that yeah to chatting to people who if you are having to like make eye contact with them it might be true <laughs> whereas now it's going to be like well are we allowed to share crayons or is that still kind of weird and like i think everyone's thinking is going to be a lot different than than it was last time we ran a physical festival um so that's gonna be really tough i think but then there's stuff that we've learned i think we'll bring forward so online events and screenings and stuff that we've been doing there's been benefits to that like people can attend them from wherever they are anywhere in wales they don't have to get a train down from like abergavenny or whatever they can just they can just log on so that's great for people who are like rural and then also we're reaching a lot more disabled audiences which is like really great um because i guess it's like a pain to travel to like our most of our venues are really accessible it's just that one that isn't 
Um, but most of our stuff's in chapter, which is really accessible. But obviously, like, it's still a journey and it's that's still a barrier. So running stuff online, I guess, has really helped those audiences, which is cool. Nice. I th- you sound like you you are like an encyclopedia of running a festival at this point. <laughs> is there anything I should know that you haven't mentioned yet about putting this together or running it or what's in store or whatnot? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. We've yeah, we've been doing loads, and we've got um, we've still got loads of resources. Like we've been pulling together with resources as we go. So our website's now like quite an encyclopedia itself of different stuff. So there's loads of programs on there. There's all our past animation nights programs, um, and yeah, various stuff we've curated, and uh, various stuff other people have made as well, like online workshops resources and stuff like that so that's all there now if people want to use it but we're trying to take a little bit of a break now so maybe to wrap things up say i'm i'm uh you know i have some time i've been thinking about starting an animation festival in my city uh what is the first thing i should do or think about to really get the ball rolling um okay so based on my story i guess it's just like talk to everyone who might help (laughs) yeah i've kind of come to think of it like um like a game in a way not in a creepy sociopathic way but like in a you know when you're playing like um a game and you have to go and like talk to this person and talk to that person and you never know who's going to say the thing that's going to like unlock the next bit of your journey in the game that i i kind of think of like running a festival like that because you need so many people to help you with it and you you never know who might help you with this thing that maybe you don't didn't even know you needed um so yeah i just try and like make loads of connections with different people and it's amazing how much people want to help something like this to happen nice i really like that line of thinking it's like next time i'm uh getting cold feet of talking to somebody randomly at a networking event he'll be like maybe this is maybe this is like my rpg adventure where if i talk to this person they'll unlock the next achievement somewhere down the line that's awesome (laughs) do you have any other advice for somebody who like what what it takes to once it's off the ground running to pursue this as a serious thing uh i need to take my own advice on this but like have some boundaries and look after yourself (laughs) (laughs) can be really kind of consuming um and it's I, th- I think it's really a big challenge not to kind of let it consume you but all the all the advice that we got when we were starting it which we completely ignored was like start small um which obviously we did to a degree like we started running that that smaller event which i'm so glad we did so i do think start small is really good advice so we probably cool is there anything else you you want to share uh i don't think so um, normally, I would say like my films in festivals, but obviously festivals aren't happening anymore. <laughs> well, uh, where can we see your films, anyways? You can't see it anywhere at the moment, so it's a rubbish. Oh, okay. well, that's something you got to work on before yeah. I post this. <laughs> in the internet, so I put it online for like two days for a fundraiser the other weekend, which is really cool. Wales Arts Review were doing this fundraiser to try and raise emergency funds for artists who were really yeah. struggling, like because the government here uh, kind of took ages to say they were going to support freelancers and eventually they were like okay we will but the support won't come through till june and stuff so loads of people have been really having a hard time oh, yeah gosh we partnered up with wales arts review to bring them some animation um and we were looking for like new short films from wales that were animated and i was like this is really easy because i already have one <laughs> <So>. nice. <laughs> 
Perfect. Well, uh, hopefully we can see those sometime in the future. Um, but if, if that's all, then thank you so much for coming on our chat. I love talking about how you got the Cardiff Animation, Fe Animation Festival up and running. It was really neat to pick your brain about how it runs and kind of how you curate content and stuff like that. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really like the podcast, so it's really nice. <laughs> and if you're listening and you'd like to follow Lauren or check out the festival, you can do so by going to their Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or the website. I'm going to include all those links in the description of this podcast, so make sure you check that out. And that's all for now, so thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Okay,